Bienvenue to the Two Chance Podcast, a show dedicated to the belief that you can never have too many bikes in the garage and it's always a good day for a ride. And now, here are the Two Chance. All right, welcome back to the Two Johns Podcast, Episode 7. Glad you're tuning us in. We've got a lot to cover today. John, how are you? I'm feeling good. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling much better than I was yesterday. This podcast is late by a day or two because of illness. So thanks for your patience. We've got uh, lots of international news to cover, some local news, a little bit of technology, and a lot of listener feedback. But Let's get right into it. All right. Local news. All right. Locally, we just had our Easter weekend, so we did not race. Hey, well, local news is is the bad weather we've had from Sunday to Sunday. Winter is back. Uh, the Cleveland Indians had to move their game to Milwaukee due to snow. And oh, you know that's bad when you're moving your game to Milwaukee. And I'm I'm glad that we didn't have to race this past weekend because it snowed. Um, and winter is back, but it seems to be turning. This coming weekend, John, um, we have two races to choose from, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. Cyrilland is part of that, um, I don't know if it's the Indiana Race Series, the IRS but it's a Dan Daly race. Mm. It is in a park called Cyrilland, which is kind of halfway between Columbus, Indiana, and... Well, it's outside of Columbus, Indiana. Do you know what that stands for? Cyrilland? Uh-huh. No. Columbi- or Cummins Employee Recreation... It's I think it's an A. Oh. Uh, recreation... I don't know what that A stands because for. Because Cummins Diesel is based in uh, Columbus, mm-hmm. Indiana. Awesome. They have a very cool building on the site. I have never, for one reason or another, have never raced that race, I'm sorry to say, and I'm not going to be racing it this Saturday. It's a circuit race. Um, I know a contingent of the Huntington Bank team is going to go. Are you going, John? I'm not going. I don't think I'm going. I'm going to be in Toledo installing a dock, <laughs> but I think I'm going to do Sunday's race at Deer Creek. Okay. And Deer Creek I've never done either. But uh, do you have any uh, recon on that? No, I've I've never done that. I think it was new last year. Um, although early weather prediction is uh, the it, the prediction is hard man day, snow, forties, windy, no. rain. Yes, again, really. Again. And Sunday or Saturday, the prediction is rain. Wow. Even though Saturday, that Saraland course, I like it. It's about what a mile and a half circuit with a mild rise on one side. Right. It it's fast, but it always seems to um, split up due to the distance and um, the results that I've looked at from years past. It makes a good, it makes an honest selection. Mm-hmm. It does, I would say. So next time we should have some race report for you, but all we have to report is bad weather here. That's right. Oh boy, this last weekend was raw. Yeah. Uh, so with that in mind, let's go right to international scene where they did race. International scene. All right, so Saturday, day before Easter, I'm sitting down at my parents' house, and my dad comes in and he said, oh, the, there's bike racing on television. There's bike racing on television. And I thought, what is it? Is it some 
Tour Flanders preview or what? I didn't know what was going on. I turn it on and on on major network television. Was it NBC? NBC was doing live bicycle racing. Live bicycle racing of the inaugural. They called it the U.S. Open. Um, it was in Richmond, Virginia, and it was patterned after the. Philadelphia course. So they have, it was 112 miles or 120 miles, and they did a couple of big loops, and then they did six or seven smaller loops in town. And the smaller loops were six to seven miles, and they included a wicked cobbled climb, and it finished in downtown Richmond. And uh, the last, what, hour and a half? Yeah, hour and a half, I'd say, because I turned it on right when they started doing the circuits, I think. That had to be when you called me. Right. The last hour and a half, we're live. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought that was very cool. But the weather, as it was here, was terrible. They delayed the start by an hour and a half. That had to mess up the television coverage. Yeah, maybe that's why we got so much coverage is because it went an hour. It was late. Yeah. I wonder. Um, It snowed there. They were thinking about delaying the race, but they went ahead and put it on, and... um, Interesting because I used to live in Richmond, Virginia, and the part of the loop that they used was a part of the loop that we used for the Tour de Pont when it was hosted there. And it was just neat to see the city and go, oh, yeah, I know where that turn is. I know where that is. I know where that is. Um, the race teams, what, what did you think about the teams competing? Um, you know, I didn't – I expected – I thought that there might be some other ones. I'm not sure of what the selection criteria – was it all North American North American teams, so Canadian. No, there's some South American teams there oh, too, all right. or some teams with predominantly South American riders on them. It seemed to me to be a mix of like Division Three pro teams. Um, it was neat to see some guys that we race against here in the Midwest, uh, the Priority Health Bissell. Team. Oh, cool. I didn't know they were there. Yeah, they were there. They're from Michigan, and we we uh, go up against those guys from time to time. Um, the the um, uh, BMC team was there. The AEG Toshiba team was there. Um, Slipstream Chipotle was probably – well, Slipstream and Navigators and Toyota United were the three big teams there. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Kirk OB, there's a Michigan guy. Um it that the race was won by a guy named Sven Tuft for riding for a uh, mostly Canadian team called Symmetrics. Um, he was in a late move with Patrick McCarty for the Chipotle Slipstream team, and um, put in just a strong move at the end to take the win. Yeah, he he looked solid. He looked really solid. Up that up that hill. And then rounding out like the top five in third place, a guy, um, Alejandro Borreo from Argentina riding for this Rite Aid team. And I've been seeing their names in the result. And this team, this Rite Aid team is mostly made up of guys from South America. Mm. I don't know much about them. Speaking of Alejandro, did you see the end of the race at the podium celebration? No. Oh, you you okay, so Alejandro you know, he gets his bouquet, yeah. and then he leans forward, like expecting to get the, you know, the peck on the cheek here, the, you know, on both sides. And and the podium girl, like, 
didn't know what to do. Didn't know what to do. Didn't want to have anything of it. So the American guy gets his. He's, you know, uh, McCarty's just like, he, it's like he didn't expect it. But then the Canadian guy's like sticking his cheek out. Uh-huh. Sticking, and and the, that podium girl's like, well, all right. So she did it on one side. And he was expecting to do the, right. you know, the where you know on both sides. and. Uh-huh. Didn't do it, but anyways, it, need, was, it was pretty funny. <laughs> they, need, they need to educate them. They've come a long way, but they still haven't gone all the way Euro. Yeah. Um, so in uh, fourth place, Russell Downing riding for HealthNet, and then Andrew Pinfold also for Symmetrics. Um, Jittery Joes was there too. Navigator's top guy was Rapinski in eighth place. The first U.S. or well, Patrick McCarty's U.S. rider, uh, he got second, and then the next U.S. Rider was Alex Candelario from uh, Jelly Belly. Uh, I thought it was interesting racing. It was. I bet some of the better teams there were somewhat frustrated by the lack of uh, how the race developed, by sort of the lack of teamwork maybe or the lack of commitment to the break because a couple times it seemed to me like the move looked good and it should have stuck, but for one reason or another it didn't. Yeah, I, I I see what you're saying. I I just kind of chalk that up to a raw day out in the saddle with the wind, yeah. snow, and then having that. I'm sure that those cobbles were bunch kill. There was a bunch killer section. <sighs> I bet it was too. <laughs> but I have to say, I'm giving props to NBC Al Trout Mask yeah. and that crew. Uh, even though the camera work was a little shaky, there was no Olympic like uh, human interest portions of the coverage which i thought was great it was almost raw bike racing right it was just race coverage no right. little vignettes but i think that was probably due to low um budget they couldn't afford it hey that's fine by me watching bike racing that it's that's what i want to see bike racing i don't yeah. want to see the human interest so it was al trout mask bob roll um who are the other two uh, oh john eustace and I can't remember who the third guy was commentating. And Landis made an appearance. Oh, yeah, so I saw that Landis. Okay, so Landis. We know the guy is a great bike rider. We know he may have cheated to win the Tour de France. We know he has a hip replacement. We know he's a Mennonite or was a Mennonite. There's something really odd about Floyd Landis <laughs> off the bike. He Ever since he... he Won the tour. Every time I've seen him in public, he's been wearing a suit. Have you noticed that? Yeah, he. I guess he has. And but he's also been wearing a suit, and hasn't he been wearing a hat backwards? Well, he wasn't wearing the hat backwards oh, on TV. But the guy just is sort of an odd bird. I don't know. Yeah, I think he just he's another cyclist that runs to the beat of his own drum. Or one of the a cyclist who's just been coddled. And you just you, you're lacking in social skills, maybe. <laughs> what a cyclist with odd social skills? No way. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Also, in the international scene, yes, it's sad but true. But nine bags of Jan Ulrich's blood was definitively through DNA testing. I don't know about you, John, but I've got Ta- I've got bags oh, no. of blood stored. You do? California. They're, they're dispersed all over the world. You never know <laughs> when you're going to need your spare bags of blood. So Yannicka, the wunderkind, um, he's, he looks pretty busted at this point. Yeah. And, and, uh, Beyond reproach. You kind of wish that his, his lawyers would just give up the ghost and say, you know what? Not to continue the, the defense of, hey, you know what? It doesn't mean he doped. 
Just because some guy who had a doping, known doping program mm. had a, however, however many buds that are proven to be his, doesn't mean he doped. Well, we'll see what happens. Now they're talking about perhaps um, like sporting fraud charges, mm. um, other criminal charges being brought against him. I seriously hope, uh, it goes without saying, that he doesn't go down the road of, you know, a Pontani, obviously, that's the extreme. But he always seemed to, in the off season, have these these massive swings of fitness, and maybe that was due to his mental state or his commitment to the sport or whatever. And then when he uh, had a bad knee, he got that charge of um, driving under the influence on the ecstasy. Yeah, and on ecstasy, I just so we know he may be prone to some pretty severe behavior i just hope he doesn't go off the deep end with this at this point i don't think he he would i mean i think he's out i think he checked out i think he knew he knew that was going to come out and so he checked out of the sport right after the tour yeah but yeah well who knows you know it could be just like dario frigo the guy bought fake epo in a train station and never took it (laughs) (laughs) yes all right. Also, this weekend we had uh, the Tour of Flanders with, I think, um, some somewhat surprising results. Hey, except for maybe Hosta in second. Yes. Well, <laughs> that's a, true to form. A, a quick step rider, uh, the best quick step finisher, number 12, Tom Boonen. Yeah. Did you watch the race? I, I, I didn't. I watched it on uh, Sunday night. Uh, Boone and I forget what was it the Quaramont that he he really tried to lay it down. You could tell he didn't have it. Mm-hmm. You know I think he put on a show for for the Belgians. But um, I'll tell you what, Balan, that guy looked awesome. So Hosta was not coming around him. Balan started his sprint. Uh-huh. Hosta comes around him. Balan sits on his like he he gathers himself and then comes back around him. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. It was incredible. I it, saw photos um from the race uh 6 hours and 10 minutes in the saddle, average speed of 42 kph. Uh the weather apparently was perfect. Like no wind, high temps, uh sunshine and there were some 80 riders over the over the uh, Quaramont when usually the group is down to maybe half of that. So there are lots of people who apparently shouldn't have been in the front group who were in the front group kind of mixing it up. But it seems like the podium, at least the top two, were the honest hard men winners of the day. Oh, I would, I would definitely say so. From the coverage I saw, that was... That was definitely Balan really deserved that. Mm-hmm. There's no, uh, and he did the majority of the work once those guys were off the front. Two Discovery Channel riders in the top ten. So this is their first year without Hincapi and Ekimov. They're kind of mainstays for the classics. And uh, Vaitkus and um, Gusev, Vladimir Gusev, a Russian and a Lithuanian, fifth and sixth. Yeah, Discovery's done well since they picked up all those guys off of Operacion Puerto. <laughs> um, and then, as we said... Uh, How about this? What? Jesus Del Nero, the, uh, in 11th, a Spaniard. Get in a classic. Yeah. That's not too bad. Yeah. Um, so this weekend is the big weekend if you're a fan of the Belgian in the northern France 
classics. We have tomorrow, Wednesday, is Ghent Vevelgum. And then this weekend is Perry Roubaix. I have not looked at the weather forecast for Perry Roubaix, so I don't know um, if we're going to see a wet one or a dry one, but that should be a good race. Also, uh, well, it kicks off on the 16th, uh, Monday the 16th, here in the United States is the Tour of Georgia. Uh, it is the 16th through the 22nd, and um, I will not be doing the podcast. Well, we won't have a podcast next week because I'm going to the Tour of Georgia. But you'll be bringing back some good stuff. Well, I was thinking about it, and I think, well, depending on my Internet coverage, I'm going to go work um, as the, my title is, competition coordinator but i'll be working with kevin livingston who's the competition director and will basically be the team liaison between the uci the hotels the car rental agencies we'll, we're we do whatever the teams need us to do if they have problems and um um i think that i will be able to post a little bit of something if not every other day maybe every day and the goal is now, folks, if you go to our blog, WMK, um, <laughs> two Johns podcasts.blogspot.com, um, you will see on the right hand column a little audio player that says important messages. And what I'll try and do is put up maybe five or ten minutes of audio. And it may not be super polished, it may include some interviews whatever, just sounds of the tour of Georgia, but I'll, I'll try and put a little bit of something up every day, as I will have good access to the teams. You know, I'll just, I'll see what I can get. Oh, that'll be great. And then after the race, certainly I'll come back with um, lots of good stories, and I'll put a bunch of pictures on the blog. And, and um, But the race, the race right now is shaping up to be a battle between Team uh, CSC and uh, Team Discovery, I think. I think the winner of the race is going to come out of one of those two teams. So are you going to make an early prediction? Do you know, is Jens Voigt going? I am not at liberty to uh, <laughs> release the team rosters at this point, but I can say the Italian and uh, and Belgian teams are not sending their A squad. Mm. The the A squad seem to be, of the, of the um, top Euro teams, seem to be coming from CSC and Discovery. So I wonder if the A squads are coming from teams that are really sort of... Well, no, I guess CSC is going to go for Roubaix with Cancellara. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not sure who Disco is going to be riding for. Maybe, I don't know, Roger Hammond doesn't ride for them anymore, but... Um, well, maybe these, you know, maybe these two uh, young guys, Vladimir Gusev and Vaitkus, can uh, pull out another good ride within a week. Yeah. Since yeah. they've shown their form. Well, it, I was thinking that maybe CSC and Disco are. It, this is a little bit of a tour, uh, pre pre dress rehearsal. Oh, you mean uh, Tour of Georgia? Mm-hmm. Using the Tour of Georgia as a pre Tour de France dress rehearsal. Possibly, but it would be on, in structure only because yeah. the racing certainly isn't hard enough. There, right. there's only one serious mountain stage. Like organizational, while you're on the road, yeah. here's what. You know, just sort of walking through it. Yeah. Um, and there, the uh, teams all arrive, on, though they start to arrive Friday night and Saturday, and then they got a race on Monday. So those flying in from Europe are going to be pretty hammered with jet lag. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. 
you the, know, before oh go on um i i was just just wrapping up on the tour of georgia thing um this is i think the fifth year for the tour of georgia um and uh it they don't have they didn't have a title sponsor uh they were kind of cobbling together a bunch of secondary sponsors but this will be my first trip down to georgia and i'm looking forward to just seeing the behind the scenes production of the race mm-hmm. well i think didn't at&t step up there was a company that did step up kind of a- after the fact you're right i thought i remember reading that last week i'm not sure which one i think it was at&t so that's good i'm glad that i'm glad it's happening again this year okay so stay tuned to the blog um, definitely during Tour of Georgia for audio and uh, pictorial and text updates. Great. I'm sure you'll get some good stuff. You know, before we go on, before we tra- trans- um, transition to technology or uh, on this international scene with Jan and the DNA tests, and I think this wraps up the disco and CSE and getting re- ready for the tour, um, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens, what the courts do with all these other bags and what they do with the DNA testing, because I think that there still could be some fallout with some other riders that are currently on the road. Well, I thought it was a country-by-country decision, because the Spanish police were going to look at the blood first, decide what they were going to do with it, and then the respective countries of the riders implicated were going to get the crack at Mm -hmm. doing what they're doing. From what I've read, is they're using the German model as the, uh, Ooh. they're using the the German DNA testing as the model, and that things are going to happen. We have ways of making you talk. Yes. <laughs> but that, but there, I think that there could be some serious consequences come July. I wonder which riders right now are. I know somebody's got something in their contract about DNA testing. Who also had their dog's blood and. Operation Puerto. Oh, yes, yes. And that team will also be at the Tour of Georgia. Yes. Okay, we don't have an interview. We're saving up all of our good interview stuff for for Tour of Georgia content. But uh, we don't have an interview today, so we will jump straight to technology. Technology. Well, rather than have a specific uh, new item of technology to talk about, we're going to talk about some of our favorite pieces of equipment, and today we'll talk about helmets. John? There is nothing like a new piece of technology or a new trinket to make you uh, feel good and uh, ride faster, but I uh, – helmets. All right. I remember – you remember 1984? The movie? No. Or the book? <laughs> Alexi Graywall wins the Olympic gold medal in L.A. by outsprinting Steve Bauer. I don't know how that happened, but it happened. <laughs> uh, and he was wearing the Chinelli cork hairnet helmet. It looked like a normal hairnet helmet, but it was reinforced with cork. Oh, wow. That is choice. <laughs> and, and the inside uh, struts of the helmet were neon green. So you had the black you know, earpieces that came down, and you had the black ring around the headband. But then the inside, it may have been maybe just two of them. Maybe the center one was black, and the outside ones were neon green. Oh, that sounds cool. And that helmet was bad. Wow. And I had one of those helmets, and I thought I was bad. <laughs> and then I fell down in a criterium in a sprint when I went over the bars, and I hit my head so hard 
wearing that helmet, and I remember sitting in the middle of the road for a second wondering why I was sitting in the middle of the road, and then somebody plowed into my right oh. shoulder with their pedal. And so the the Chinelli helmet looked really good, but it didn't protect It probably me. saved your life. That hel- <laughs> Sure. The Chinelli helmet. Um, yeah, so I would, I would have to say helmet. You could fit, like, the chin- the the hairnet helmet, you could wear a cycling cap over the helmet. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to wear it under the helmet. You could wear it over the helmet. Or like a headband, like on the blog, yeah. picture of VDB. You, I never had thought of that one, but you could wear a headband <laughs> over it, too. I hadn't thought of that either. I saw that picture, and I'm like, oh, this has to go up there. So the Chinelli Cork, I don't I don't know what the model was. It may have been called the Chinelli Cork hairnet mm. or something, but it was cool. It had a little Chinelli logo on one of the ear. Like the the piece that went in front of your ear was um, was foam, and then the piece that went behind your ear was just a knife or a like a uh, leather, uh, no, well, a leatherette strap that mm. went through a little loop and then under mm. the chin strap. Well, I think my favorite helmet is going to have to be a re- reinterpretation of uh, of that of that same theme, and that was with the cold weather. Whenever it gets cold out, I break out the big poofy hat, and in order to to keep with team policy, I break out the Rudy Project Stratosphere helmet, mm. which is the foam, the the reinter- reinterpretation of the hairnet. It's the foam helmet. They never sold it in the States. I got mine contraband from Canada, uh-huh. but it is so comfortable. Now, t- tell us about the uh, visor on the Rudy Project. Oh, that's right. What's the, it called? The, Stratus? The Stratosphere. Stratosphere. The stratosphere. Well, the visor doesn't go on the front. Now, the earlier iteration of the, the Stratosphere, you could put the visor on the front, but it's basically made out of Nerf material, but it goes on the back. And what professional rider popularized the oh, the look, Rudy Project Stratosphere? You may remember the Rudy Project Stratosphere from such riders as Ludo Derrickson's. Yes. Uh, I believe the whole Rose Lotto team wore them in many, uh, probably the 95 and 96 Giro. Before hard-shelled helmets were required. Yes. And I'll tell you what, their necks... Uh-huh. They kept they they didn't get sunburned necks because of these visors. <laughs> <laughs> and what color is this Rudy mine Stratosphere is, helmet? Mine is blue and yellow, whereas uh, Ludo wore I think a purple and blue. Tech. I think we're just about done with helmets too. Yeah. All, All right. right. <laughs> uh, before we go into our voluminous listener feedback, John, you pulled out something from the archives there. Ah, oh, yeah. This is from uh, a Cycle Sport in 1996. I w- this was probably one of the best articles I've ever read in Cyclesport. And uh, this is this is some of the knowledge that's been amassed in the hundred over 100 years of bike racing, of top drawer, top shelf professional bike racing. Mm-hmm. Just things you need to know yes. if you're going to be a professional bike racer. Right. And this is probably why I'm not that good because... Uh, I don't follow these rules, but these are this is a compilation of rules that I think uh, Robert Miller put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them being, don't sit in the sun. It makes you feel lazy and tired. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, I think, kind of obvious. Sweaty, lazy, uh, tired. Yeah. Don't eat ice cream. It's too cold for the rider's stomach and makes you sick. You're right. I've mm-hmm. heard that one. Don't eat chocolate. It's too heavy for the liver to digest easily and will make you fat. Okay. No, all right. Now, if we keep going down here, let's see. There's always the don't have ice cubes in your drinks. They're Mm-mm. too cold for the stomach, even if it's 40 degrees centigrade and in the shade. 
And ice causes hepatitis. I've heard oh, that one, too. Mm. So I never drink. I never have ice with my drinks. Now, these, this one's pretty good. I, you know, and, uh, Don't stand when you can sit. No good wasting energy. Don't sit when you can lie down. No good wasting energy. Don't leave your hotel room. It's the only place you can really rest. Uh, don't drink Coke. It's bad for your stomach and full of sugar. Uh, yeah, some of these, I'm going to skip. There's some that are better than others, but don't open the windows on the team car while it's moving. There will be a draft and the riders will catch cold. <laughs> Here's another one. Don't use the ventilation system in the car, especially not the air conditioning. There will be a draft and the riders will catch cold. Mm-hmm. So that's very important. After you finish a stage and you're you're transporting from the finish to the start of the next, so there's that scramble. Don't catch a cold. Yep. Always wear a T-shirt, even if it's 40 degrees centigrade, in the hotel room or in the car. If someone opens a window or door, there will be a draft and you will catch cold. <laughs> Don't drink bottled water without first adding some sort of cordial. Otherwise, it will go straight through you and wash out all your minerals and vitamins. Now, these these are my favorite, especially if you've stayed in, in any European hotels. Always wear slippers. Cold floors make you sick. Always wear socks, even when lying down. You might forget your slippers and stand on the floor. <laughs> so that's probably what happened to you early, late last week, is you when weren't wearing. Yeah, you weren't wearing socks. My fir- the first symptom of my flu, cold cold feet. Mm, I kid yeah. you not. Yeah, there's a couple more. Why don't you read a couple of those? Uh, let's see. Uh, don't have baths. Only showers. The water sinks into your muscles and makes you soft and lifeless. It's okay to have a bath when you fall off because you'll be more relaxed and sleep better. Oh, the lifeless. Oh, that water makes your muscles so heavy. Um, don't sleep with your head next to the light switch. The electrical current going through the wires gives off bad vibes and you will be effective. Affected. You know, I think that's why I never never progressed beyond a middling cat, too, is because I always slept by the light switch. How about um, don't take the bed next to the telephone in the hotel room. Then you're not the one who has to pick it up all the time. You have to be the first one in the room to be able to choose, unless you've bribed the guy who puts the suitcases in the rooms. <laughs> don't sleep next to the telephone. Oh, yeah. Don't go swimming... It goes on and on. It does. It's, it's good stuff. It's kind of you think baseball is the only thing that has silly, silly things like this, but this is collected wisdom over a hundred years. Don't ask the swanier for chamois cream just before the start, as he'll be upset about having to wash his hands again. Don't interrupt the swanier or mechanic when they're eating. I can attest to that one. That's true. Um, don't drink anything with gas in it. The carbon dioxide will give you indigestion, and you'll stop recovering. Don't eat oranges after 6 p.m. as the vitamin C will prevent you from sleeping well. Okay. Oh, that's a good. Don't eat fresh bread when you you can have the dried out toasted kind instead. Allegedly, it's less fattening and easier to digest. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I had always heard that, that when uh, some of the guys stop racing and then they, they, they stop eating the hard bread and they start eating the soft bread and get the big face. Yes. All right, so there's some good ones here. There's also, we found, reference to a, an album in this 19... What is this, 96? Yeah. This is Cycle Sport 
19, August 1996, we found a reference to a record that on the back. that um, who put out? Oh, look at that old cyclocross bike. Housewives' favorite. Okay, so Richard, Richard. Veronque apparently did a record called Amour Mitier. If anyone out there has this record, it on the front, it's him sitting, sitting next to a piano with some choir kids on the back of the piano, and uh, we would really like to hear what this record sounds like. You know, I think I had that one in my collection right next to my Francesco Moser album where he sings about the record, the Uro, <laughs> which there is an album out there. <laughs> so if you have that record... Um, Send us an email. And speaking of emails, let's do some listener feedback. All right. Listener feedback. Your turn. All right. We got a lot of listener feedback this week. We appreciate it. If you'd like to send us some feedback, a question, a comment, suggestion, whatever, you can address your emails to to johns at zoomtown.com that's t-w-o-j-o-h-n-s at zoomtown.com why don't you kick it off there john all right this from md to johns i just wanted to thank you for an awesome podcast you are the only guys who present a podcast with amateur racing perspectives other cycling podcasts i've tried are all about buying five thousand five thousand dollar italian rigs installing GPS units, power meters, and paying for $200 a month online coaching so you can look great on that 30-mile backcountry tour the local club puts on every month. (laughs) We can talk about those things if you'd like, but we'll try to keep it short. The fact that you live in a neighboring state is an extra bonus. I especially enjoy any kind of stories about the personalities you see at races and group rides, i.e. half-wheelers, freds, hammerheads, Wheel suckers, etc. We've got all those. Yeah, they're everywhere. You guys are very good at describing the type of people you always see when a bunch of riders get together for a race or a ride. Just keep up the great work. It's much appreciated. Another John. By the way, anybody who is concerned about the audio quality of your podcast should join me listening to them while I train with the 30-mile-an-hour crosswinds we have here in Michigan. Oh, now... I can attest to that, especially after this last week. It probably sounds stellar in those 30-mile-an-hour crosswinds. Yeah, and thanks for taking us with you on your ride. Another John from uh, Michigan. Here's one from our faithful listener, Anders, in Sweden. And he says, well, you asked for Swedish riders. Here you are. As you guessed, Magnus Backstedt, the 2004 Paris-Roubaix winner, is from Sweden. We also have a young guy, Thomas Link Lukvist, Lovequist, I think. Lovequist, who won the time trial in the Criterium International two Sundays ago. I, st- I did see that. And we have Gustav Larsson, fifth in the first time trial in the Tour de France in 06. A couple of other guys are capable of winning one or two races a year. Uh, we can also boast with a Giro winner in 1971, Gusta Peterson. Keep up the good work. Best wishes, Anders. Thank you very much, yeah. Anders from Sweden. You may remember Gosta Pedersen from such cycling films as Stars and Water Carriers, where he's f- featured. Ah, okay. I'll have to look for him next time I watch it. All right. This from JB. Can you get an interview with the Toyota Girls, please? 
<laughs> Toyota Girl. I'm not that's sure it? which. That's it. That's all he. He's he's direct and to the point. JB. Okay. Have you have you ever watched like an F1 race or a motorcycle Grand Prix race where you have the Umbrella Girls? Yeah. The Toyota United Cycling Team has these babes that oh. dress in skin suits and they show up at races. So J. Uh, what is it? JB. Just for you, I will try. I don't. I can't promise an interview because I'm not quite sure that they might have anything interesting to say. Yeah, I don't know if the interview is what you want. But I will. Um, I'll get some pictures <laughs> for you. <laughs> How about that? And I'll post them to the uh, blog. All right. And lastly, um, we have an email here. Oh no, we don't. We have two more emails to go. But I have one here from Shane in Australia. And he says, I recently discovered your podcast, and I am enjoying it very much. I was listening to your earbud dilemma and wanted to recommend the Skull Candy brand of earbuds. Here is their website, www.skullcandy.com. If you are in Australia, it would be www.skullcandy.com.au. So thank you very much. From uh, Christopher in uh, Australia. I may have said the incorrect name, but that was Christopher in Australia. Thanks, Thanks Christopher. You know what? I, I have ha- heard of those. They're they're nice and really? they're expensive. I have a I have a, a an epilogue to to our earbud discussion. All right. So I couldn't find my standard normal out of ear earbuds that comes with the iPod. Mm-hmm. So I have those inner ear earbuds which right you've been using and i tried to put them in i remember the first time i tried to put them in the whole reason why i started going outside is because you can't put those in outside because my helmet straps interfere with the cord of the in-ear earbud right they they have a long piece that comes off the part that fits in your ear a large a long um like plastic piece and it kind of the helmet strap pops it out of your ear or something. Right. So in this case, fashion follows function. Okay. And I think we have one more. One here. more. This one from Shane. I really enjoy the podcast. I especially liked listening to the race recap. It was fun and interesting to hear how a race is, fr- how a race is from people in it that are not stating how great they are. Well, I don't know. Is it's... that because we're not great? <laughs> <laughs> or we just don't state how great we are? <laughs> We'll take that as a compliment. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Keep up the good work. I will continue to listen as long as you keep them coming. Too bad the tour of Utah was canceled because maybe you would have raced in it and I could have cheered your team on. Thanks, Shane. All right. Thank you, Shane. Now, as always, we select a listener letter of the week and uh, we send you a prize. Since I'm going to be at the Tour of Georgia next week, I will... I promise I will pick up something nice for you. I may not pay for it, but it'll be some freebie or something, and I will mail it to you. So who's our who's our listener feedback of the week? Um, I don't, what do you think? You know what? I think I made the call the last week. You did? Yeah. You know what? I'm I'm feeling like I'm going to be at the tour. We're not going to give you a regular podcast next week. So I think that Shane and another John from Michigan. Um, we could do a double award. That's fair because we won't do pod- – we, we're late with this podcast right. and we won't do a next one. So um, Shane and another John, uh, email your uh, mailing address and I'll send you something. And if I don't hear from you, I'll, I'll email you back. So that's it for our listener of the uh, listener feedback. If you have an email to send us, send it to 2johns 
at zoomtown.com. All right. Um, I think that's it. Wow. That's no interview. By, no interview. We've managed to duck under 40 minutes, and thanks for all the feedback. Yes. And uh, hope we, you listen next time. Listen next time. Again, send us an email or visit our blog, uh, twojohnspodcast.blogspot.com. Send us an email, twojohns at zoomtown.com. All right. I guess next time I talk to you, I'll be at the tour of Georgia. And next time I see you, John, the after tour of Georgia. That's right. Thanks for listening. Thanks. You have been listening to the Two Johns Podcast. Want more of the Two Johns? Visit www.twojohnspodcast.blogspot.com. That's www.twojohnspodcast.blogspot.com. Or send an email to twojohns at zoomtown.com. Enjoy your ride, be safe, and if you ride with the two chance, please don't be a half-wheeler. Two chance at two. <laughs> That's it. Ah! Okay. <laughs>